Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the deafening Will Curran of Endless Events. And that man over there is the horrible Kyle Kaczynski of Endless Events. Berserker. It is kind of that day. We're, I think we're on about take 16 already of the podcast as we get into this, um, just to get through the random adjectives. So, you know, it's all right. Um, I am, I'm excited uh, this week. I, I, this, this kind of stemmed out. We've touched on it in a couple of weeks uh, leading up to it. Um, and, and so it's, it's fun to finally get to come around to it. So we did our predictions episode. We've talked about mergers and acquisitions. And we keep coming back to this idea of community in events. And so uh, I'm very excited today to bring back someone who, uh, who's a friend of, the, friend of the show, friend of friends, uh, Chuck from uh, 42 Chat. Um, and uh, I probably, it's been a while since we've talked. I should have confirmed how to say your last name. Is it just Elias? It's, you know, just as my dad used to say, it's just like it reads. It's Elias, but there's it's about Elias. 27 yes. different pronunciations of that name. So we'll take Elias will work for me. You know, you double clutch on these things, right? So just when you think it's an easy one, you, you, you double clutch on it. So Chuck Elias from 42 Chat, who is, of course, known for their event bots. So what we what we wanted to get, uh, hopefully, from you is just a little bit of an update. We've done episodes in the past on event bots and the advantages of those, and those are still around. So maybe give us a little bit of a state of the state when it comes to where we're at with event bots, how 42Chat has come through over the course of the last couple of years, transitioning from, you know, mainly working on in-person events to, I'm sure, online events and all everything in between. And then, and then of course, let's come back around to how that then affects things moving forward when it comes to the communities surrounding our event. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, uh, you know, everybody I hopefully knows or those that have been around and, and seen us, you know, we were really the leading player in terms of conversational AI chatbots for events, right? We call them event bots. And we started many years ago. And as we looked in 2020 and we're doing our planning, probably like many others, we were looking at one of those great years. You know, this is going to be the year that that everything just clicks and we were seeing rapid, rapid growth. And of course, you know, the pandemic hit. And a pandemic hit and obviously with a lot of our business in events, you know, the first thing that we did at that point was say, okay, how do we support events? And we actually, you know, if you think about what we do, fundamentally what we're doing is we're helping, uh, we're helping event organizers, businesses, whoever, whoever has a community, has a customer group uh, that they need to communicate with, we're creating a way to, to communicate. And since everybody we were working with already was communicating or had a, a live bot that was running, we were able to turn that on and say, hey, look, this is unprecedented. So we immediately deploy what we call a rapid response bot, which allowed businesses and all the, the events that were going on to basically be able to communicate with the people they were already talking to, but do it through through the event bot. They're already having conversations about uh, the, the event, registration, when's the show, who's speaking, all of those things that are kind of classic event bot questions and answers that we provide. But in this case, you know, we use the channel to reach out to people and said, hey, the event's canceled or we don't know what's going to go on with the event yet or here's here's when we'll make a decision so we we deployed a whole set of uh of questions and responses to help event organizers just deal with the onslaught of 
questions that they were getting from exhibitors, from attendees. Hey, I signed up. What's going to happen? So we launched that first and pretty much gave it out free to the community, to, to the event world and said, hey, if you need this, if you need something out there that can do this, let's get it up. Let's get it on your website. Let's get it through anybody you're talking to through text. And we turned that on and, and did a bunch of that. That was the kind of the first move to see if we could just help the community, the event world uh, respond. And then very quickly, you know, you realize, okay, events aren't going to come back for a while. And we looked at that and said, okay, what do we do? How can we help uh, how can we help businesses broadly with, with what we're facing? And that's where we came up with our health shield product. So the first thing that we were all doing was, look, we don't want you to come in. We don't want to be around you if you're, if you're feeling sick, if you have symptoms. And uh, so that was kind of the universal thing. We all started putting that in place. And if you think back to that time, a lot of it was, hey, confirm that you don't have these symptoms. Do a check, you know, do a piece of paper, do something like that. But that's just not something that was scalable. And so what we then built was our HealthShield product, which, which uses the same uh, AI chatbot platform that we built to allow, to allow anyone any, to just simply text the number, scan a QR code, and, 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 and basically say who they are and answer questions about their health status. Hey, yeah, I don't have COVID symptoms. I haven't been to a, a, a COVID place where there's been outbreaks. And we've changed those, those, those questions over, the, over a couple of years now as needed, but fundamentally, we started saying, okay, let's put this in place and let's use what we know how to do really well. Connect with people over text, provide really, really intuitive um, ways for them to do something they need to do, and then do that at scale so that anybody who was, who was using HealthShield as a business, as an organization, could immediately say, wait, I have a record. I know who's here. I know that they said that they're healthy. And that was the start, right? So we started doing that and we rolled that out. While events weren't happening, we were rolling it out at schools. We were rolling it out at, at uh, businesses, uh, manufacturing facilities, even little ho house cleaning places and all kinds of different uh, businesses. I mean, it just, it was amazing who needed that, that service and that product. And, you know, it's really, it was really exciting to see, uh, like in New Orleans, for example, we have a school there that, uh, you know, every single day, every single student, teacher, staff, anybody that was coming to the building had to complete their health screen, uh, their health shield, and they would do that every morning before they got in. And if anybody didn't have this green check, they, they either had to go to the nurse's office or they couldn't get in. And that included parents, everybody. So it just kind of an amazing thing, just took our technology and said, how do we, how do we solve that problem? And then through events, it's been interesting that as events began to, came back, began to come back, right, at any level, it didn't matter, uh, at any level from 50 people getting together to thousands, then that health shield was right there. It was already available. We'd already scaled it. We knew it would work. And that was really, you know, just kind of a, if you would, a formative uh, uh, set of product that, that we saw that had an impact on the industry overall. One of the things that I've always been a fan of, of your product is the hook into SMS. And so, you know, when we think about like on a website where you get the little pop up and say, hey, how are you doing? Can I help you kind of stuff? And some of those interactions are OK. And um, but one of the things that I've always found uh, that was really convenient uh, is, is working through the SMS side. And so when we start talking about things like. Uh, Health Shield, uh, where uh, you know you're trying to answer questions and get people to upload vaccination cards and things like that, um, they're not having to install another app. It doesn't matter what platform they're on. And uh, as you as uh, you as uh, you and I were talking a few weeks ago, you like had me do it. Like, hey, just scan it here, and it was super easy. It was like I got a text, clicked on it, 
open up the camera, click, you know, click here, send it, and it was gone. And so, it, you know, I think there's a lot of power there in using the channels that people are already using when it comes to gathering that information and then also distributing the information, like you said at the beginning of just like, hey, things are moving fast. We need to keep up, you know, and not taking the chance that someone's going to not see the email. Uh, hey, just so you know, we've moved, you know, we've moved to a hybrid situation and you don't have to fly to, you know, the other side of the country, all of those kinds of things as things move so quickly during the pandemic. Yeah, one of the one of the kind of early fun things, I think it was May of 2020, we rolled out this Health Shield at scale. We had uh, in Utah here, we have what's called Intermountain Lacrosse, and they they have it's it's basically kids lacrosse all the way up through into high school, and it's uh, uh, and and they they played at, at facilities at fields all over the all over the state, right? And so every day that a game was being held, 4,500 uh, players, refs, coaches, parent helpers. In order to walk on the field, you had to show your green check mark. So this was May of 2020. They had an entire season, right? Of because they were using this and with no outbreaks. And it would, you know, basically, hey, don't show up. What was interesting was that one of the venues, the, the you know, you rent these venues from somebody, and the venue manager who basically owned the fields was out there, and he had a few fans, not many, but he was pretty upset. He said, "Look, they're not social distancing. They're just not staying." And that's the rule. If you don't do it, and in that case, it was ten feet, not six feet. They just said, "We want." people 10 feet apart. And so, and he said, look, I'm going to shut this field down. If, if we don't see, if we don't, we're just going to shut it down and you're going you know, to not play the games. So we, we quickly, uh, we, you know, they were already using our solution. So we quickly sent out a text to everybody and, and it said, Hey, you know, thanks for being at the game. If you're here, you need to be 10 feet apart from everyone else. Okay. If you're not, they're going to shut down. We're going to shut down the, <laughs> the games. Right. And it went out. And you started looking and you see people move like, you know, they look at their phone and they and they start moving. And the guy looked over because Bob, my co-founder, was there and he looks over and goes, what happened? Like, oh, well, we instantly communicated to everyone and said, you better socially distance or we're shutting it down. And that's the power of what we you know instant, you know, a, a, a channel that people are listening to already. They're paying attention to. And now it's something that they need to act on. And they did. And that was just it's like the seas parted because they got a text that said, hey, your kid's going to not play today if you don't if you don't act the way we need to. So that was pretty exciting to see that work. And then we've evolved that, obviously, with vaccine uploads and negative COVID tests. And and just we always try to make it as intuitive and easy as you can. You know, we we don't have anything against the apps, but, you know, you just don't want to download something different. Right. You just you just want to you need a problem solve, which is. If you're the event organizer in this case, I need to know that people are safe. You know, they're healthy. They, if, if I if I require a vaccine upload, then we get it. I, I Brand, I think we talked a little bit about uh, Billy Strings. You know, we did the, the Billy Strings. Billy Strings was doing a, a concert. I think it was about five thousand people in Colorado. And as a as an artist, they required vac vaccination. You know, vaccinations, proof of vaccination in order to attend. So they had, they didn't have many names at all. They didn't have many phone numbers at all, right? But through their communication, through their standard email and everything else, they said, look, in order to enter, you need to get, you need, you need to have your vaccine, you need to prove vaccine upload. So we deployed our solution and they had 5,000 people showing up at that, at that concert, 80% of them completed their Vax upload through the tool before they showed up, right? So they could be validated in advance 
and you just think about the queuing problems you have. I mean, this is one of the biggest problems you have, right? Okay, it's one thing to say you got to prove it. Who's checking it? You know, how's it actually being validated on site? You know, you've got, you've got a table of people uh, that are working there and they're looking at it and going, okay, yeah, you're good. You know, yeah, you're good. Well, just the queuing problem. How many people do you need to have? Well, we just solved that problem, right? It's all done in advance. And if it's not done, you say, hey, you need to go over there and do it. And then you come back to me, you show your green check. Let me see your license. You're good to go. So we just kind of solved that problem in a very kind of easy and intuitive way. And then you have a complete record of everything that's happened. I, I was thinking about this as you were talking about the the lacrosse game. Is that like we're in this like very volatile world that we live in right now, right? So especially in the events industry. But in the events industry, you constantly have to communicate with changes that are happening sometimes rapidly. And, you know, I think sometimes when it comes to putting together, you know, communication to attendees, the primary form of communication is like email, right? And then, but now everyone wants to make sure the email's on brand and that it's written properly. But like text messaging allows you to write something short, succinct, and get it out instantly too. So like, I almost feel like text messaging is the way to go because you're going to have so, there's the, the amount of times that you need the ability to communicate quickly. You know, pre-COVID, I remember we were talking about event bots, for example, it was great for like, you know, an active shooter event, for example. But like this, you could literally text and be like, oh, by the way, we're pivoting to virtual. Boom, you can quickly send that text out and then not have to worry about crafting the perfect email, having it on brand, making sure it's email software, make sure checking all the emails. And also like who 100% checks every single email and is capable of staying on top of email anymore? Like unless you have a personal assistant, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, we, uh, you know, interestingly, we had we did Vakaya. So Vakaya is, I don't know if you're familiar with Vakaya. They're the largest travel group for LGBT Q plus PIAK. I'm trying to, that's why I'm, I, I know the term, but I'm trying to uh, make sure I get it all right. But so they were actually in, uh, in Cancun. Uh, they, they have a bot. It was a, just, a, just a great bot. One of our favorites called Covidia St. James is, and, and she was a drag bot. Okay. And, and so that, you know, and I've shown you the image of it. You just go, okay, that that's really, really cool. And so they're a client of ours and COVID is just having fun with everybody. Hey, this is Ms. St. James. And, you know, if you want to, you know, we're going to have this going on tomorrow, make sure you're ready, make sure you've got your health shield, make sure you've done all this stuff. Right. So she was there, humorous, fun. People were interacting with it. We have a kind of Facebook streams that were happening with that. Well, this was back in November. And I don't know if you, you read about this, but there was an active shooter. There was a gang war that broke out, shooting war that broke out on the beach where everyone was, where everybody that was at that uh, event was on the beach, okay? And so COVID at that point, you know, they, they called us up and said, we gotta get, hey, we gotta get something out. Can, and, we, and so she, her first text that went out said, there's an active shooter, shelter in place, and we'll, you know, just, just you know, we'll, we'll let you know when it's safe. That was the first message that went out. Everybody's running around. 300 bullets, 300 rounds were shot on that beach. Okay. And it turned out that one person that was at the event was actually shot, was actually injured. And so, but the Met COVID just kind of went from, because they already had the community, right? They didn't, it didn't, it wasn't blind. It wasn't like, oh, wait, we're, you know, hey, we can text people. It was no, they were actively listening. They were expecting. And when they got something from her, that was the first thing they saw. And so COVID said, hey, uh, shelter in place. And then the next message came out and said, okay, the gunman's been apprehended. Please remain in your room or wherever you are until the hotel staff, you know, checks, every, clears everything. And, and then later on, okay, someone's going to come get you. Please wait until that. So a series of communications that were super, super critical from, 
you know, somebody they were already texting with. And then the really cool, there was two cool things that we uh, really love about it. So everybody was back, everybody's okay. Well, Covidia sent a, a note that said, hey, the one person that was shot is returning from the hospital. Please meet in the lobby, right? Just to cheer them for coming, you know, for coming back. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, how would you get it? You know, Will, you, would you send an email? You know, would you, hey, everybody, you know, you know, it wouldn't happen, right? But <laughs> you wouldn't text, see it sold the next day. You know, it text, they, they, they all show up and there's a big, big thing. The other thing was really interesting. We were watching the private Facebook post and, you know, and lost and found. People were saying, oh, I lost my glasses. Oh, I lost, I lost, I lost my hat. Did anybody see this? So there's a whole stream of, of things that people left, rightly so, when they, when they fled, okay, when they sheltered in place. You know what they didn't leave? their phones right nobody left their phone there was no like oh i left my phone it was like the phone was they left their wallet they left their watch they left their you know they left their sunglasses but everybody had their phone with them and everybody was responding to text and no doubt they were texting each other and texting uh family and everybody else so that's the power of this of both having the channel having be it something that people pay attention to but then more importantly having built that community in advance so that you can communicate. That's the key. It's great to have the channel, but it's not enough. You got to have the community that you've actually delivered value through in order to then have them be responsive to and want to listen to what you have to say. Chuck, do you feel ever that any attendees, maybe they ever feel reserved from asking a question or reserved from uploading their vaccine information because they're not exactly sure who's on the other line or who's receiving this information? How are, like, what are event planners doing to kind of educate their attendees that this is what the process is, it's secure? Yeah, I think that, uh, well, I mean, the, on the good side, we have a we have a very good reputation as a company, you know, once they understand who it is in the industry, that helps. But you're, what we tell our our clients is that you're always going to have people, no matter what, that are going to say, yeah, I'm not doing that. Right. And so what you have to do, we, we don't we can't get you we can't get you perfect. But what we can do is say we want to manage, manage, minimize the number of exceptions that you're going to have to deal with. And you think about it's the it's universal problem, right? You know, whether it's registration, whether it's anything, you know, you're going to have a few people or some people that just can't or won't do what you ask them to do. And so you're going to have to say, OK, how do I deal with that as a, from a support standpoint? And in that case, uh, we have a number of uh, it's challenging when you even with through text, right, when we have international when we have international uh, people come through. Right. So they're not necessarily texting. So that channel doesn't work, but we actually then use our web version of that and say, look, you can go here and you can do this. And you still you have to give us more information because I don't have your phone number. You're not tied in. So we, we still are able to access that. So I, it, but it's still it's an extra step. It's more than what you'd normally have to do. But there's a process for doing that. And it can even be a little bit more uh, privacy centric if that's what you're looking for. So what we're always trying to do is say, look, how many of these people can I take off? your your team how many problems can you handle and so you have that concern i think it's less than it used to be simply because i mean if you think about it today i mean what are you doing you know literally you're going in and in some places you're going to a restaurant and you're showing somebody your you know your medical record which is a vax card you're you know you're like oh no i'm okay right or you're giving them you know remember when this first started you, you everywhere you went give me your phone number well, before it was like, wait, that's all kinds of privacy issues and things like that. Today, it's like, well, no, this is how we're going to keep you safe. 
And in our case, we just have all kinds of controls around that. But but we're living in a world today where we're giving that information out freely. And that doesn't change how we deal with privacy and think about it. But in the world today, you just see that change, right? That's hey, look, a great there's point. a trade-off. Either if you want to come, we've and we've had people, look, you don't have to do this, like get schools. You don't have to you don't have to do this for your for your for your kid, for you don't your grandparent, your mother, your parents don't have to do it for their grandchild. But if they don't do it in this way, then they have to go through the exception process. Well, what's that? Well, they have to go to the nurse and they're going to wait in line for the nurse until the nurse can do the screening that they need to do. Very quickly, you go, okay, well, we need to figure this out, right? Because this is, it's, it's not worth the, the trade-off that they're trying to make. So that's how we try to uh, work through it. That's great. Well, you talked a little about community and how it's important to have a community as part of uh, these these, you know, text message communications. And that was one reason we wanted to bring you on here is to talk about the hotness that is the community model. So, um, you know, Chuck, I, I guess I, I'll leave it open to say, like, what what's your take on the community model? I think we all agree on this call that it's it's the future and a big part of it. But like, what's your hot take uh, when it comes to the community model? I think in the I, you know, I, we did, when we started, we didn't come from the event space. Right. When when you when, when we came in. One of the things that's always struck me was that while we talk a lot about that, we I don't think we really meant it. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, I have a community. Well, I have a bunch of people that attend my event, but is it really a community? And but what is a community, right? And and part of what we do, and we've really been doing a lot of thinking and 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 evangelizing on this is look, a community is a group of people that have common interests, right? That share whatever interest you are, but are looking for you to lead. That's a community, right? I mean, if you're going to join an association, you're going to join, you, you know, you're going to say, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, whatever, uh, uh, Doja Cat. or somebody, right. I'm a big <laughs> fan of somebody, right. I want to be, I want to, well, I'm looking for, for that to them to tell me things that I'm interested in. Tell me things I should think about. Tell me, you know, that's, that's what meaning being part of a community is. Right. And so every, we're all parts of communities. But if I say, oh, I want to align myself with you as an organization, and, and, and you say, oh, this is my community, well, it means you're helping to lead that community by giving them insights, by giving them information, by helping them you know, grow and develop in, in their, that shared interest. And if that's the definition of community, right, then in many cases, we really haven't done that, right? Well, I have a bunch of people attend my show, but are they, you know, are they, why are they there? You know, are, are they, and, and, and the most interesting thing is to me is that we, if you, if you have an annual event as a show, that's what you do, then, and, and you say, well, that's a really important community. Well, why do you stop talking to that community the rest of the year? Right? Why are you, it, it, it's almost like it's about us, not about them. Right. Well, I'm going to really talk to you when, oh, registration's opening or things like this. But why aren't you talking to them throughout the year and 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 saying, hey, thanks for this or, hey, hey, we love your input on uh, we're, we're thinking about who should be the, the, you know, whatever, who should be the entertainment. We're thinking about what topics are, are relevant. Why aren't I engaging with the community and building that, I mean, broadly engaging, not, oh, if there's a few people we talk to. No, 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 you've got a community, you got 5,000 people, you got 10, 20, whatever, whatever it is, you've got this big community. Why aren't you 
actively engaging with them throughout the year to help design your content, design your show, to get input, to share meaningful information, and to stay connected. That's what community is to us. And, and that's what we, where we think the future really lies. And I, and I would say that the pandemic, what, it, what we discovered, we actually didn't have communities, right? We didn't have people that were so connected to our shared interest that they were going to attend our virtual. They were going to do some of these other things. They were there for the experience, but it was kind of a, I always, I always think about it as kind of casual customers, right? They're not the ones that go, wow, I'm with you. Whatever, what do you want to do? Oh yeah, we're there. That, that's what you're trying to do when you build a, a really strong and powerful community. Will, you're looking up at the sky. You're thinking hard. I know you got something. I'm thinking hard. I'm not talking. I just want, I'm listening. Say, you know. I'm listening. And I'm are, thinking. <laughs> one of the things that, that cross over for me is, you know, we talked about the power of SMS and things like that. But there's also, there's it's a double-edged sword that um, there's a lot of trust, I think, that goes into SMS as well. That you know, if, you, if you abuse that. So I, I signed up for some notifications from our local suburb and like all of a sudden i started getting like a weekly like email thing basically in my text i was like no no i just wanted to know when's the snow emergency right. you know that kind of stuff and uh, you know we talked about the power and the immediacy of you know getting these you know announcements out and things like that but then if that transitions to spammy advertising type stuff uh, in the sms so and where i'm crossing this over into the world of community is that for me, community is a lot about trust. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot about here's a group of people that I enjoy hanging out with. We have common interests, but that we trust. And same with the organizers. And so if I'm going to give you access to that incredibly powerful and immediate channel, um, it's got to be part of an overall trust uh, in communications with that organizer and with that event. No, I think that that's the 100% the, the key. You know, what when we talk about, I, I talk a lot about the, you think about all the marketing channels that we have and the think about the training you get to be a marketer. Pretty much all of our tools and techniques are designed around, around the assumption that people ignore us, right? That, so think about email marketing. Boom, I'm gonna hit you, I'm gonna hit you, I'm gonna hit you, I'm gonna hit you. And eventually, you know, maybe one out of 20, you might click on something. But I know if I just keep throwing it in front of you, you're eventually going to look at billboards, ads on TV, everything is designed around that concept, right? I'm just going to hit even event app notifications, you know, boom, I'm going to hit you with 50 of them because I know you're going to ignore almost all of them, right? I'm a, hopefully there's one that's going to add value. But we tell people, first of all, every single text that's sent, you just assume it's read, right? I mean, think about it. How many unread texts do you have on your phone? It's very rare. And if you do, you clean them out. How many unread emails? You got a zillion, a gazillion of them, right? And if you don't check your email for three days, you're overwhelmed. So first, assume it's read. So if we if we make that first underlying assumption, it's really, really important, you know, kind of, and we say, how would we design something different, right? We would say, wait, you mean they're going to read everything that I actually send? Should they receive it? So because every text you receive, we, we think about it in terms of what? First, trust. Do I trust? Is this somebody that I want to hear from? Right. Second thing we're going to we're going to say is, is there value in this to me? Right. Not not just broadly to you. I mean, the fact that, you know, I, is there something there that matters to me? OK, well, now. And is there something that I that I should or could do right now? Simple example is, let's say this show, for example, your community, 
right? You have a community, you know, you have a community of followers, right? Of people who are on the show. Well, how do you announce the show? How do you tell everybody, hey, I got a new, I got a new podcast up. Hey, I'm going live. We're going to do a live stream. How do we announce it? We announce it through whatever channel that we have to our customers. It could be email. Hey, put it on your calendar. Be ready. It could be a notification through some sort of live stream, Facebook or whatever it is. Hey, we're going live in five minutes. You know, are you ready? Well, well, if you had text, isn't that the way you communicate? Because you'd send them wherever you want, right? You actually have a community of people. So why wouldn't you say you've got this community? Why wouldn't we say, hey, we're going live with here's our newest podcast. It's on this topic. And, and would you send it to everybody? Or would you send it to the people that you know are interested in that topic because you've, you, you understand their needs? So it, the fact that you have right away, you have everything is red, you have identity, and over time you understand who they are and what they're interested in, you begin to segment. So the value trade-off right, of receiving that text just gets better because I'm no longer just spamming you. I'm no longer sending out, well, let me send everybody the same thing. Right. Well, in this, in this case, right, if, you know, if somebody says, yeah, I don't care about community and I've never cared about community. Well, for them, it, that whatever you sent them in their eye and their perception is is spam. Right. Because it's low value because the definition of spam isn't were you off the technical definition? Are you authorized? Did you opt in to receive this? No. Brent, what did you? Yeah, you know, you you authorized it. Right. But in your mind, you're going, this is spam. I don't care about that. I only, I only care about this really minor thing. Right. And so in your that's that's what the, we have the opportunity to do when you open up this this path. It's a different world, but it is truly when it's one to one, when you know it's red and and you can target it, then you're going to deliver value that's that's through, through the roof. That's that's how we should be thinking about it. Well, such a good point, too, and um, it gives us such a great opportunity for a transition to a comment we actually got from one of our listeners, from Jeff Frank, on episode 273. Oh, my gosh, can you believe it's been 273 <laughs> episodes? Um, and uh, it's about our trends episode. And Jeff Frank uh, commented on the, th the third comment he left on here is about community, saying 100% I agree. As more folks kick Facebook to the curb and care about data privacy, the need for cultivator industries togetherness by providing Real value is essential. Uh, he also, uh, I'll publicly say this, would throw a challenge out to Will to invest in rebuilding those who have fallen off in the last six months. Example, Event Props Unite, our Slack group, and our LinkedIn group. So challenge accepted, Jeff, but brings up a really good point that we that, that Chuck just said that it has to deliver real value. And that's the first point. It's and it's always been in the eye of the beholder. You know, when we started email marketing, you know, we I did that years and years ago. And actually, my co-founder Bob was the company that I had use it. This was many many years ago with uh, Home Depot's e-business, and we started building our first email marketing list, right? And it was interesting. And Bob, you know, kind of educated me on this. He said, "Chuck, spam is in the eye of the beholder. I can prove to you, and I will prove to you that I have the authority through opt-in." to send emails to this, these mil, the million people. But, but it doesn't matter because they're gonna look at the brand and the trust they have with that brand and the content that's coming for them to mentally say whether it's spam or not. And, and if they consider it to be spam over time, they will complain, right? That was through email and it's no different, right? We all feel that way. You go, wow, if I had a place to complain, I would. But, but fundamentally, if it's a strong brand, 
that you really like and you're connected to as part of a community, right? That that's to me is look, I connect with this group. I have we have shared interests. I want to hear from them. I'll tell you uh, another story. Early on, it's not a client of ours, but early on when we first got into the space, I was talking to to folks at Big Bass Fishing that holds that holds uh, bass fishing tournaments throughout the southeast. Okay, and I'm talking to this guy. And, and we're talking about how we could support them. And this was early days. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. We already have 10,000 mobile numbers. And I go, wow, that's that's a big community, right? And, and he said, and I go, yeah, yeah. I go, well, what do you, you know, what do you do? What do you text? He goes, I text them, you know. I said, okay, so you have an event. You might have four or 500 people at the event, you know, fishing and people attending. And, and I go, great. So, you know, during the event, you, you text those? He goes, no, I text all of them. Like what? You, you you text everybody? He, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I text I text all of them. I go, well, how often? He goes, whenever I want. Like, um, like anything? He goes, yeah, yeah. They 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 any anything. Like really? I go, wow. What's your what's your opt out? You know, you might. And he goes, oh, I kind of sheepishly sheepishly said, um, well, yeah, it could be better. It's kind of like six to ten a year. You know, I went, what? He goes, yeah, they love bass fishing. You know, that's the community, right? I mean, this, this is this group, like, I love this and I want to hear from it, you know? And it doesn't mean people don't go away. You know, I don't know if those are true or not, but it just, you think about that. Well, wait, they're big fans of something. That's a community that wants to hear and they don't, it, it didn't really matter what was being sent. Now they trusted him. He wasn't abusing it, but if it was going to come from that group, from the leader of that community, that business, that organization, then they were going to look at it and go, hey, this was, this was valuable. Brand, I'd love to hear your take. If an, an event, you know, or a or brand was maybe having their one event or their two events a year, trying to determine whether or not it's right to start this community and engage people longer, where would they start? And what advice would you give them to keep going? I could see the smoke then the wheels turn in there, Kyle, because I, I know you're such a passionate advocate of communities. Um, it, it starts slow for me it starts slow it's i mean it's it's it, too much too fast is where it can feel spammy and i that's it's one of the things that i like about um the kind of opt-in event bot type stuff that you know you, you know you're asking it questions more often than not traditionally mm -hmm. so it's it's less about the push and more about the hey you're there when i need you and you know starting in that direction um, and, and slowly working your way out, you know, and the communities that I've involved with, whenever I'm making decisions about stuff, I'm asking them. And so, you know, I've been experimenting a lot lately with LinkedIn Live and playing around with, you know, do I want to take like my event tech chat stuff live and in front of people? And the community was like, no, nah, we don't want you to. Um, because they felt like they had more honest conversations in private when it wasn't being broadcast to the world. Where, I mean, I could have just easily just done it and been like, yeah, hey, good news, we're taking the chat live, it's going to be on LinkedIn and YouTube, and you know, we're going to release it as a podcast, and you know, it's all this kind of stuff. So for me, it's about it's working with the community as opposed to at the community, <laughs> if that makes sense, um, and working your way into using these things as, you know, I'm sure he probably, you know, using the bass fishing guy, you know, texted a few things out and nobody really quit. And so he's like, okay, they seem to like what I'm doing. And, you know, text a few more things out and okay, great. And so now, yeah, now he just does it whenever he feels like it. But if he threw out a, hey, good news, here's a 20% off coupon on Rapella, you know, whatever. And, you know, and 
a few more people left and then the next time he did it he saw more people left that should should be an indication of like okay i went a bridge too far like that maybe maybe they're occasionally interested in a good deal if it's really a good deal um but maybe i shouldn't go down that road so really having that two-way discussion and paying attention to the reactions of the community of you know how how does this make people feel when i'm doing it as opposed to a broadcast model. So, you know, we talk a lot about that in our in our world, right, with production and hybrid and online versus in-person and stuff like that. It's a very different thing to have a broadcast event versus a hybrid event, as we've talked about in the past. And so when you're using your tools as a broadcast without getting any interaction back, that's generally more of the shotgun approach that, you know, that, that Chuck was talking about earlier. So... Long answer to the short question is it's it's about feedback and interaction, like it always seems to be about feedback and interaction and uh, as part of community. You know, that cycle that you're describing, right? No one no one becomes an evangelist. No one becomes, you know, I will do anything this community wants me to do. You know, the one I want to run, you know, I want to be I want to be on the board. I want to do all these things. No, I'll, I'll participate in every activity. You don't start there. No one does, right? I mean, you start with, oh, let me see if there's something of value here to me, okay? Then you connect with people, and then you you, you get more value out of it. You find that virtuous cycle that you're that you're in, and and this is one of the things. Look, we are not talking about traditional SMS marketing where I'm going to blast out, you know, a, a million messages and hope I get some click. That's that's no different than an email campaign. Oh, or an ad. Oh, I'm gonna throw it in front of you all the time and I hope somebody clicks. No, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about introducing your community to through the channel that we use. That's what we do. And from an SMS standpoint, introducing the community. And what are we doing? What's our first thing? We're gonna add value because we're gonna answer your questions instantly 24 seven, right? That's the first thing we do. So if you connect, it's the easiest way for you to get your questions answered. The more you get your questions answered, the more comfortable you are with the channel and the solution that we're offering. You're having a conversation with the bot. When it has a personality, in our case, you have more of a conversation because it doesn't feel like it's one of those scripted, crappy bots that you're using online. You're using something that seems to listen to you, that actually you know, is saying thank you and giving you an emoji and doing things that are not traditional you know, robotic. You're like, oh, wow, I'm actually having a dialogue with this. So you're building that relationship and then you open that relationship, then you deliver something of value. Then you deliver something more. We had a we had an event where it was it was really simple that, you know, they they I mean, how how often does this happen where you have something scheduled, right? They had a VIP breakfast that was in one of the rooms and it was misprinted. It was misprinted on the paper and it was wrong in the app. Okay, and so what do you do? So what do they do? They have somebody standing. They have two people, one by the place where everybody's going to show up. And then the other, they're standing at where people come down the stairs or enter the, the, the location, get near it to say, hey, if you're head, and they're yelling, hey, if you're heading Livia, you need to go over here because it's, you know, it's somewhere else. Our world is just great. Who was supposed to go there? We know who they are. Hey, by the way, sorry for for this, but the room's changed or we made a mistake and here's the room. Uh, let us know if you have any questions. That was it, right? That's a notice that went to a few people, not to everybody, right? And those few people, you know, it was valuable. And now all of a sudden you've moved up that path, right? You've moved up that path. 
just imagine if we treated all of all channels like this. Like, you know, what if we hadn't done this with email and, and on social media and all these other things? That you know, I, you know, obviously because we, we've got you here, Chuck. You know, it's it's we're focusing on the event bots and the SMS side. But you know, really, all of what we're talking about today is good advice for all of your channels. You know, imagine. They're, they're all being read. Imagine, you know, that, you know, take it, take it to heart that your message is, is part is being sent out there and is being received by that community as opposed to, I better scatter shot out 4,700 of these because maybe they'll see one of them. Yeah. One of the fun things we've been doing is, you know, we, we just advance, continue to advance the, the offering and the technology and things we can do. And we're always, we always talk about jobs. What job could we do better through this than they're doing than they're doing through some other way. I have a channel. I have a really easy, intuitive, easy, easy to use solution. So what what does that look like? So we've been working with a lot of fraternities and sororities now, and and one of the problems that we're hearing from them was you know they have all these they have all the bylaws right they have all you know they they have to vote right and they have the voting that happens at the national level then the chapters they have to have a quorum they have to you know they have to vote on you know a word change you know everything has to be voted. And the, the other interesting thing about it was you have, uh, you know, ranked voting. Oh, well, this person is scores 10 points. This one's five. This one's one. So we had they had that problem. And we're saying, OK, how do you do this today? Well, we kind of give out clickers, but but, you know, not everyone knows how to use them or that doesn't work. Or we, we have people raise their hands and then they're like trying to count and, and do all those things. And then in, in, in through uh, through the pandemic, they're like, but then now we got a mix of people. We got some virtual and some and some on site. How do we deal with that? So through our through our bots, we now have a voting tool that we that we rolled out, and we're doing all, all I mean, all kinds of uh, for fraternities and sororities. It's just going crazy. Where basically, well, you're a member of this sorority, and hey, the the, the voting is now open for this bylaw, right? You, you click on it, it opens it up, says what it is, and you vote. It's recorded, we know who you are. It didn't matter whether you were virtual or whether you were on site. They get an immediate tally, they got an audit trail, right? So later on they can't go, oh, well wait, you know, yeah, I think it was 49.51 through hand raises. Like, really? Did, <laughs> you know what I mean? Was that really what it was? So you have a complete audit trail. So, you know, part of this is just trying to find way, you know, how do you add more value? How do you make things easier and lower friction? And that's all that's all we ever think about. We we think, I always say to people, look, I love technology. But I I love solving business problems more than I love technology. And 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 so the question isn't, oh, can I bring some whiz bang, neat, cool thing that that you're gonna that you're gonna love? I don't really care about that. You know, what I want to do is I want to make it really interesting and easy to use. I want to solve a business problem. I want to help you do what you're trying to do. And that's our whole focus as a company. That's where our team is on. Like, you know, we have this, we, we validate, uh, we validate uh, Vax uploads, for example, right? And there's a lot of technology I could, I could put against it. I could get image processing and I could do all those things. Reality is, you know, we're going to spend millions of dollars and we're going to be there in six or nine months, right? When the easier way is, is really just a better alternative to what you'd have if you have somebody standing there looking at them. We have somebody look at them. We have somebody look at them, you know, online. They open it up. They go, yep, that looks okay. Confirmed. Yep, that looks okay. And that text goes out to the person. They get a green check. Hey, you're good to go. Right? So, so now, I, again, I, if I was excited about technology, I could go spend a ton of money and, 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 and automate that. And most likely, it still wouldn't, you know, we've talked to somebody who's trying to do this on site. 
I, I talked to, it was Channel Fireball, I think one of our, I was at, I happened to be there and I, I actually didn't know. I went to an event, it was LDI. We were at LDI and we were, we were had a, a booth there and, and uh, we, we support, uh, we support Questex for a bunch of things like this. And so I was there and I walked over and went, wait, they're using 42 chat. That, I know that company. So we walked over to the people that were taking it and they say, oh yeah, this is so much better than last week. You know, we had people from Korea, we had Syria, you know, I'm looking at Vax cards in, in Syrian, right? And so, you know, in, in Korean and I'm trying to go, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that looks good. Go, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the, just the practical nature of things. So we're always just trying to figure out what's that little thing you can do that seems really that in retrospect, you go, well, that was stupid. Let's just, that was so easy. Why don't we just do that? But that's most of what innovation is. You know, it, it seems so simple and obvious after the fact, but not, but not before. Amen. And more often than not, it comes back to people. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of Mechanical Turk uh, technologies of being able to. Jargon jail, Mechanical Turk is when yeah. you've got a person who does, does the work of a machine in the yes. background. So rather than employing There's actually AI, some really sophisticated uses of, of Mechanical that are just crazy. If you want to, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's a side topic for sure. Another subject for another day. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chuck, we thank you so much. Uh, it's it's been great to catch up and and get uh, find out what uh, what you guys have been up to, um, and, and of course to talk about uh, community and how it impacts. It. I think it's going to be the topic of the year. I think this is going to be something that we continue to come back to over and over and over again. Um, if folks want to find out more about you and Forty Two Chat, uh, where can they uh, where can they find that information? Yeah, Forty Two Chat dot com. Uh, you'll you'll find us there and. Uh... We've always got a bot running that's live in the bottom corner. If you want to just play around with DB, he, he'll just, he's conversational. He's, I think DB has been running now for four years live, never went down. Uh, so uh, just you know, have fun with the bot. You know, I always tell people you can't break it. It'll either know what it knows. It'll answer the question it knows, or it'll say, I don't know, but you can joke with it. You can have a lot of fun. So uh, just, you know, we, we love conversation. We love conversational AI. We love make, solving business problems. And that's, that's what, what excites us. So happy to be here, happy to share. And I agree, community is the key. If we just get people thinking about it and, and saying, look, I had a community before, I probably lost a lot of them. How do I rebuild it in a way that is really connected and really powerful and really valuable? Love it. I love it. So good. So good. Well, as we start to wrap up this one, if anyone wants to reach out and have questions or thoughts like Jeff did, feel free to email us event tech podcast at helloendless.com. Also feel free to hit us up on social medias as well. Hashtag event tech podcast, but Chuck, thank you so much for joining us as a guest. You're fantastic as always. Also uh, uh, a quick tip. If you love this, we also have an episode on event icons where we talk all about this. We'll link that in part of the show notes on the blog as well. And uh, yeah, Brent, Kyle, always a pleasure, guys. Great to see you both and great uh, chatting with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The energy, the energy. <laughs> yeah, so good. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Hope you all have a fantastic week, weekend, whatever time you're listening to this. And we'll see you next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Event Tech Podcast out, robot. Oh, yeah. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. 
We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.